listening to Bad Dad's Film Review, the internet's premier dad-based movie and kids' TV review show. If this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. If you've listened to us before, thanks for tuning in again, and please don't tell the new guys what we're really like, okay? Fair warning, there will be some naughty language and full spoilers discussed. And with that housekeeping out of the way, I'm your co-host, Reeks. Hello. And I'm joined by the Sultan of Sincerity, the Scholar of Spectacles, Sidi. Hello. I've also got the Duke of Dynamism, the Doctor of Diplomacy, Dan. Good evening. And finally, the humpback of hideousness, the horrifying <laughs> half-wit of heinousness, Howie. Hello. So thanks, everyone, for joining this week. Anybody been up to anything interesting? No? No. Okay. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, uh, I just want to put a quick pimp out for When They See Us, which is a Netflix drama documentary thing dramatization of the harlem five i'm watching it at the moment Ooh. it's absolutely shit up it was about a group of kids who were framed for a rape in 1985 yeah. and it features a certain u.s real estate mogul turned politician does he have a penchant for extravagant hairstyles philandering and orange suntan cream he does he does mm -hmm. so i won't mention who it is but he features in this series in not a particularly good way it's really good i got a really shout out a recommendation for that it's top-notch entertainment cool yeah cool i watched something similar uh, i think it's the king of new york all about how oh, the yeah. brought the mafia down that's really interesting and it leads on to possibly what i think will be another series about uh, john gotti okay but yeah i'm up stuff. for that and it's amazing how they had to jump over so many hurdles to get what they wanted. But yeah, pretty riveting TV, a three-parter, so you can just steam through it in an evening. Nice. So what have we got on the show this week, side? Uh, we need to finish off last week's smashed window extravaganza. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. We've got a new top five, which is samples, movie samples in songs, tunes, whatever. Because the original request was for kind of electronic music. Yeah. By... I opened it out. To, yeah, me too. Yeah, thanks. Cool. Uh, and then we watched a film and we watched some kids' TV. Yeah. Are we going to talk about them? Yeah. Okay. Good. Let's <laughs> do it. So last week's top five, Smashed Windows. Yeah. Our top four was The Hudsucker Proxy. Howie, did you get to see it? No. But I, I, again, watched another trailer, so I saw some okay. of the secret signs that they do. Django, Die Hard and Robocop, which we then left one space free. And we had some pretty... Good nominations. The two leaders of the pack, I'd say, are The Omen. Yes. Uh, which is yeah. a good one. And also, Honey, I Shrank Kids. Yeah. Which I don't like. Why? Why? It's just a shit film. I liked it at the time. At the time. At the time. Really? Because I yeah. think I was too cool. Yeah. Basically. I wasn't too I was cool. Too, I was just too old to for it to... You know, I was at that, that age where... Yeah, I'm a lot younger than you, though. That's true, yeah. The years have not been kind to you, though, unfortunately. <laughs> Tough paper. So, what do you want to put in? Omen or Honey, I go on the kids. Can we have a vote? Yeah. I'll go for Omen. Omen. What was the scene of the smashed glass Which one? In, in the Omen? A window comes down and. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go for that. Well, that's in then, it's three. <laughs> <laughs> Democracy at its finest. <laughs> there we go. Didn't even get a vote. I'd have voted for the Omen anyway. Our full house. Oh, yeah, whatever. Right, so this week, uh, as inspired by Craymon, 
the creator of our fabulous intro yeah, and outro Yeah, which probably music. gets more positive feedback than uh, we do. Yeah. <laughs> gets a lot of shout-outs. He recommended a top five of uh, sampled movies. You can find him on Twitter, yeah, you at can. Craymon. It's uh, just put some new music out not, not so long ago. Yeah. I uh, recommend everyone goes and checks cool. it out. It's banging It's tunes. not as good as our theme tune, but no. what is, frankly. Tough act to follow. Yeah. Who wants to lead the way with a sample? I've got one. Go and it's it. from an album, actually, that I used to listen to, a band I used to like, and I'd forgotten all about it until I started researching for this. Uh, it's Wide. Oh, okay. Call Your Boots is the song, and it's the Wivnall quote. Oh, fuck Even me. Stop fuck it. <laughs> every week. Every week. I'm going to wedge it in there. <laughs> I've never... Even a, a stop clock tells the right time twice a day. And uh, then it kicks into the song. Cool. Actually, I do know that song. I was about to say, I don't think I've ever listened to Ride, but... Yeah, I do you remember. would have done. Nowhere. The album cover with the wave on it, and then Black Knight Crash is a really good song. They've got loads of good stuff. This one's like, with the album cover, it, it's, it's like a, a portrait. It's got two red eyes or something, and that's the, the cover of this Andy Thingy went on to be in Oasis, didn't he? Andy Thingy? One of the, the, the guitarists went on to be in... Uh, Guitarist, uh, that's what I meant. Oasis, yeah, Oasis. right, okay. So that's mine. Right, call your boots. Mm-hmm. If I could go in, I'll go for uh, Young Guns. Yes. And I'm going to go for Warren G. Regulate, where he says, uh, but you can't be any geek off the street. You gotta be handy with the steel if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Oh, I'm gut I love that tune. I'm gutted yeah. I never even thought of that. <laughs> no, that's that's a been, great it's been one. a time since I heard so that. So you didn't think about No. I After think... I sent you the making of last night. That is an amazing so there, tune. Uh, there's as another well. bit. I think it goes, we regulate any stealing of his property yeah. and we damn yeah. good too. We damn too. good too, yeah. yeah so because oh, yeah, I was thinking fuck. I was racking the brains going and that seems to trigger. Can I, I, that's in. That I think it's gonna be tough to to leave out for yeah, sure yeah. it seems like hip-hop really lends itself yes quite well to this yeah because i've got one which it, the whole album is littered with samples it's liquid swords jizzer i've got that on my list genius it's it's basically the whole of the shogun assassin film is yeah in this album and they're great samples and the whole album is just fucking solid gold as well i'll follow on with some more hip-hop then uh wu-tang clan enter the 36 chambers very similar type of thing. Lots of Shaw Brothers movies in there. The album opens with a quote from Five Deadly Venoms. Uh, a game of chess is like a sword fight. You must think first before you move. It's just a fantastic album. Loads of great quotes. Eight Diagram Pole Fighter, Shaolin and Wu-Tang by Gordon Liu. Loads of really classic movies. Classic soundtrack. Not soundtrack, classic album. Yeah. I've I've got one. That is from the White Stripes. Okay. It's the Union Forever, and it basically uses... Jack White just uses... So it's slightly different. It's not taken from the movie, uh, Citizen Kane's voice or some Wells voice. He's kind of singing the lyrics or the, the dialogue of the film into this song. And he use, there's one mix on YouTube where it uses all the Citizen Kane footage as well. So you can see the timing of oh, him okay. singing and they saying stuff. Okay. Um, it's really cool. Nice. Cool. Okay, so, so kind of based around the Bad Dad's theme by Cramon, I went for a song I don't know if any of you have heard it. Silver Bullet, 20 Seconds to Comply, which is all about is the, from Robocop. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's if you hear it, it's very similar. It's like a fast drum and bass. It's obviously, I think it's early 90s. 
but it's worth listening to. It's on, it's on Apple Music. Cause I've got it on my playlist, but it's basically that 20 seconds. I remember. Cry. It's a great scene. Yeah. It's, it's a, when he, is that, is that from the boardroom where he goes yeah, yeah. and then someone shouts, is there a doctor? I like, think he's a bit far gone for a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> What's the robot called? Is it E Dad? Ed Ed yeah. Couldn't walk downstairs. Yeah, what a was like a Dalek. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go for, and this is my, I'm going to say it, my favourite musician. It's Kate Bush. Hounds of Love. Hounds of Love. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's in the trees. It's coming. It's, it's a quote from Night of the Demon, which is yeah. a 1957 British horror movie. And I just, couldn't have I, a, did, I didn't put it in because I knew you would. <laughs> I couldn't have, couldn't have a list without Kate Bush going in it. Yeah. Okay, good one. I've got Uncle, which is uh, the fact that it's a sort of producing outfit founded by James Lavelle, and it's featured DJ Shadow quite heavily, amongst others, and it's probably pertinent that it's DJ Shadow since, since he's sort of so synonymous with sampling anyway. They often heavily sample movies in their tracks but they've got an, a two disc album called edit music for a film original motion picture soundtrack reconstruction and over the course of two discs they sample the thx deep note you know that one. 2001 a space odyssey june a clockwork orange kill bill scarface eyes wide shut they take some of the vangelis from blade runner thx 1138 lost in translation the thin red, the thin red line assault on precinct 13 solaris and alive so loads of great uh, movies, and it's a really good album as well. Quality. Well, again, I, I you know learned a lot going through YouTube asking the question of uh, song dialogues or movie dialogues in songs. And there's a guy called Pogo. Have you heard of him on yeah, YouTube? Yeah, he was the monkey in Umbrella Academy. Yeah, no, he wasn't. <laughs> so he's some, he's some dude who's put together tons of different songs using the lyrics so for example pulp fiction we've got a song called lead breakfast and it's what's his name uh, samuel L. jackson he's the guy who's he just repeats his words and brings in some music and then repeats the word again so he's done this and made this fantastic song he did the same with terminator skynet symphony ai david he did something with dexter uh, Miss Doubtfire and even wow. Alice in Wonderland. That's good. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's really like 20 million hits. She's a wow. top crazy. five Femme Fatales. <laughs> <laughs> you would. I did. So uh, Pogo, I'll check him out. He's really good. P-O-G-O. Going okay. along with um, what Riggs just said about a whole album, and I had to, uh, admittedly I had to research this, but I knew that it, done, it had a lot of films connected to it, but I didn't quite realise how many. It's not quite as many as what you mentioned about DJ Shadow. And Progeny, yeah. uh, music for the jilted generation. I know I can't say that word, so shut up. <laughs> say it again. I'm not saying it again. Say it again. I'm going to say Liam Howlett's band. <laughs> Liam Howlett's band. Progeny. I can't say it. Who? Which band? That band. Prod. Go on, say it. Prodigy. Prodigy. I can't say it. Prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up! I'm getting another D in there somewhere. You're getting bullied. I struggled with symphonic. Yeah, you did well though. I didn't mock you. Bully. Yeah, it's a good choice that though. Is I've that, got that on my list. Where's Sheriff Callie when I need her? Yeah. 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 What was the song? I missed that in all the hilarity. So, first of all, they've got in uh, claustrophobic sting on the album. They've got Hal, where he goes. My mind is growing. When there's that bit, there's Smokey and the Bandit, their law, yeah. which is what we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. Uh, Poltergeist is in it when he took the song called The Heat Energy. Yeah. Full Throttle, which is they couldn't get the copyrights passed or whatever it is for Luke Skywalker. He says, we're going, here we are, we're going in full throttle. 
So they've actually, they've used the words, but they had to get somebody else to say it. James Bond, uh, Man with a Golden Gun, and James Bond, the one with the voodoo with Jane Seymour, which both Roger Moore. Live and let die. Yeah, live and let die. Substandard Bond, by the way. Dalton's better. Oh, shut up. This is the best sample. There is, it's not words, but there is an entire synth rift from Hard Target with John Claude Van Damme. Oh, yes. Skylined, if you listen to that one. And I think that was it. Was no, loads. the intro. The intro oh. is from Lawnmower Man, and I always not, remember but that. No, it's, but it's not. It it's was not. re-recorded. Yes, but yes. It's, uh, so I've decided to take my work back underground to stop it falling into the wrong hands. And then it just kicks in yeah. with... But it's amazing. They, they, they use lots, but he couldn't get the sign off. So they've just got actors to say the words. It just seems daft, but I suppose it's it's artistic license. Uh, it's a really good album and loads of cool yeah. movies sampled in it as I've well. I've got really bad memories of that album. I remember staying out late one night, defying my parents, and ended up in A&E because I was acting like an arsehole. I cracked my head on a granite block. I had to have like 15 stitches oh, and they moved my brain. That yeah. explains quite a lot. Um, what, was the, <laughs> what was the band called again? <laughs> We all have a bit Sheriff of Sheriff Kelly. <laughs> Sheriff Kelly, help me. Toby the bully. Toby. Oh no, Toby wasn't the bully. Who was the bully? That's going in. I think we're gonna. Have, you're gonna have to nominate that <laughs> just so I can say it. Bastards. I've got a couple of sort of electronic things to put in. Uh, um, skyscraper, I love you by Underworld. Mm. Remember that one? Yeah. What's the sample? Though? It's from Tron. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then it's not my problem by Future Sound of London. Yeah. That's got a sample from Blade Runner. Yeah. But my personal favourite of these three that I'm mentioning is Mobius by Orbital. It features Lieutenant Worf from Star Trek <laughs> Next Generation saying, there is this theory of the Mobius. And oh, uh, nice. I love that. Is that on Afterlife? No. The album's green, I think, the cover. I can't the remember circle. what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the one, Aftermath, Afterlife. Okay. One it's a really good album. That. It's a belter. Well, I'm going to follow up with the Future Sound of London again. Probably numerous quotes that you could attribute to them, but focusing on 1994's ISDN, it features quotes from Repo Man, if anybody's seen yeah. that with Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Fun Dangerous. One. Sorry? This is a different one. Yeah. Um, eyes pop, skin explodes, everybody dead. You've got the It's My Mind That Works samples, uh, you know, the way everybody's into weirdness right now, and it's all a part of a cosmic unconsciousness from character actor J. Frank Parnell. It also samples uh, aliens in Far Out Son of Lung and the Ramblings of a Madman. Loads of stuff. Um, Just a fucking idiot as well, using Escape from New York, Predator, and The Exorcist 2 scattered throughout various tracks. Cool. The Guns of Roses did uh, Cool Hand Luke yeah, in Civil they sure did. War. Got here is a failure to communicate. That was it. That was it. Bat Dance, Michael Key. Yes, um, I've got that as Tim well. Burton. That whole soundtrack is just interwoven brilliantly with the film. There's loads of quotes in. It's a great soundtrack and a really good film. And then one of my last ones was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas sampled in Pretty BG Paranoia which is a banging tune I don't know the tune we'll have to stick it on our playlist yeah. uh, later okay I'm going back to my disco dance hall getting caught in the toilet route the graduate <laughs> would you like to seduce me by George Michael too funky yeah for I've got yeah. that as well <laughs> yeah so yeah go for that would you like me to seduce you is that the video that had all the models in it yeah uh, yeah well I think oh. most of his videos at that time had models I think trying, all, to, trying, to hide a, yeah, trying to hide a secret that he had. <laughs> yeah that he was a bad driver <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mentioned this album a couple of weeks ago, it's Vanishing Point by Primal Scream. And the title track Vanishing Point is all the samples are taken from the film Vanishing Point. And also one of my all-time favorite tracks, certainly theirs, but I love this song. It's called If They Move, Kill Em. And it's largely instrumental and you play it fucking loud. It is fucking great. And it samples the Wild Bunch. Oh, okay. Sam Peckinpah. Yeah. Nice. We definitely need to get this on a playlist. That's going on a playlist because it is yeah. just well, I've also fucking got solid to gold. add to that Loaded Primal Screen. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. great one. So that features uh, the Wild Angels. So that's yeah. Peter Fonda. That same. Just what is it that you wanted to do? Yes, exactly. We want to be free. That same part was sampled by Seattle Grunge's Mud Honey on In and Out of Grace, which predates Loaded by two years, I found out mm. today. Yeah. I've got the same clip from two different songs so the scene is the miso horny scene from full metal, <laughs> metal jacket, jacket. Yeah. Uh, that's sampled in baby got back by some mix a lot and also <laughs> in two live crews imaginatively titled miso horny it's oh. in the top 10 most sampled movies i've yeah. got the top 10 oh, okay. most sampled movies of all time yeah. do we want to run through those yeah go on because i really I, I i noted down the top i think these are fairly You'd, you'd probably guess most of them, except for number two. Okay. I think that's the one that's going to surprise you. So at 10, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, this was stolen, by the way, from the website Who Sampled, uh, an article by Chris Reed. Re- old Reedy. Yeah. yeah, the old Readathon. <laughs> Full Metal Jacket at number 10. In at nine, 2001 Space Odyssey. Coming in at eight, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. At seven, a non-mover this week with 2010. At six, Blade Runner, sampled 59 times, according to last year's figures by somebody else. Uh, Wild Style is at number five, a movie that I have absolutely no, no, um, no understanding I was about to say, I'm drawing a blank on that one. At number four, Pulp Fiction, yeah. sampled 61 times at three. The Warriors, sampled 73 times at two. Does anybody want to come out with a guess of what two is? Well, I, I read them last Sorry, night. Can I just uh, go about the Warriors? Yeah. Is that the New Zealand one? No, no it's no. the New York, it's New York one. Yeah. Okay. Which I've never seen. No, I've never seen Warriors. Oh, have you not? I've seen it a few times. Yeah, yeah, it's decent. That. Yeah, it's quite good. At number two is Snow White and the Seven oh, Dwarves. Oh, God, yeah. I know what number one is. Carly. It's the classic mirror it's... on the wall rhyme, and I don't think there's any prizes for guessing what number one is. is it it's a hundred clear of number two, isn't it? Yeah. Scarred face. Scarface. Oh, it's Scarface. Yeah. Wow. First okay. Year, yeah, and all that. Just a quick couple from me. Did you have any more? Yeah, there was a band called Meat Shit. They've got lots- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've all done one. Yeah. We've all yeah. done one. Um, <laughs> they've got lots of well-written... It's basically porn and, and moans cut into their songs. What? So the movies are porn films that you're sampling? Yeah. A band called Meat Shit, apparently. There you go. <laughs> They're really hitting a target market. Porn and shitting. Yeah. There, there was a couple of songs i've heard over the years sampling from really old movies and I, I wasn't always sure where those samples came from i probably hadn't seen the film but one i found was like a post-punk band called the chameleons and they had a song called don't fall off their album script of the bridge and the quote says in the autumn before the winter comes man's large surge of youth and it cuts into the tune and I, I don't know where I've, I'd heard that before or if I'd heard it was just those old time samples in songs. And yeah. they always kind of interested me. So well, what was the movie? The the movie was Two Sisters from Boston, 1946. And Peter Lawford was in it, who was 
part of the Rat Pack and also part of the Kennedy family. I think he married into the Kennedy family right. as well. My last one is one that meant a lot to me when I was a kid because I used to listen to it way too much. And that's uh, from Total Recall. And that's Azura, Open Your Mind, where Cueto to Arnie. So the guy opens his shirt yeah, yeah. and Cueto goes up to him and says, Open Your Mind. Yeah, yeah. And that sample just went... And that was my gateway to dance music, I reckon. But that... That I didn't know for many years where that was from, and it didn't even link after watching Total Recall. Until, <laughs> I was like, "Are you stupid or something?" When, I, when it finally went, "Oh yeah, that's it." But yeah. I don't think I knew until you just said it. I know the song, yeah. and also I know the scene. But yeah, because yeah, he wants said... to go into Arnie's mind to unlock the memory that's blocked. Isn't well, who it? wouldn't want to go in there? Well, to be fair, yeah. Well, it's probably a dark place. Lots of killing, especially yeah, in the commando can... phase of his life, and banging like the housekeeper and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we just mentioned like Andre the Giant. Just for note, we just mentioned in the top ten pop fiction there, and then I suppose the sort of the well-known one that we've talked about a lot is Scooby Snacks. Yeah, yeah, um, fun-loving criminals, and it has the story behind it that I think it was an unlicensed mm. usage, and um, so Quentin Tarantino came calling. Um, I don't know if he took all the royalties from it, but he certainly got a co-write credit on the song, even though he had fuck all to do with it, other than his film was sampled in it. So I, I Which he, does kind of make the song. He probably it got does. some sort of financial compensation as well, I suspect. Yeah. But Huey's a cool guy from Fun Love and Criminals. I always thought he was show. a bit of an imposter, as a, you know, the whole New York accent and all yeah. that. But he's really good on Six Music. Yeah. He is really good on yeah. Six Music. Yeah, yeah, but he has written a song glorifying the mafia quite a lot. But the one, Laddie Daddy, Free John Gotti, Laddie King Daddy. of New York, The King of New yeah, York. Yeah, true. So yeah. he's, he's kind of, maybe that's his, maybe, I don't know, can I commentate on a place that I've never been into his environment? And it, Yeah, you can. Yeah. Never stopped here before. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking, no. Some kind of prodigy. <laughs> there's, some, there's some story Child about prodigy. the fact that the characters, the actors that played, so Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer. Yeah. They weren't supposed to be there. The, the Tarantino cast them. The studio wanted somebody else. And I think it was. Well, Harvey probably wanted some. Girl, he could get his claws into. Yeah, mm. but yeah, if anyone knows what it was, there is some story surrounding that. If you're listening, Harvey Weinstein, yeah, got fuck out of pick up the soap. That's what he's doing. Yeah, I could. I've got the Crystal Method trip, like I do, which samples the narrator from the Dark Crystal. Tricky aftermath, which uh, let me tell you about my mother from the opening scene of Blade Runner. The Beastie Boys sampled the Mister Ed theme on Time to Get Ill. <laughs> Do you know what? I was hoping someone would get a Beastie Boys one in because, and, and sorry, I'm going to preempt it. Have you got any De La Soul? Because their albums you can't get hold of on. Uh, no, they don't stream. Yeah, it won't stream because the samples. Too cool. Well, I know it's also to do with the samples. They're all unlicensed. Yeah, but the Beastie Boys, like Paul's Boutique, is just a sample fest. Yeah. But I think with Three Feet High and Rising and. That's De all old jazz records and stuff. That's not movies. Yeah, probably so all public yeah. domain, I would think, by now, all that stuff. Yeah. Couple more Inoculated City by The Clash, which features a sample from a flushing toilet cleaner commercial, and Paul Hardcastle's No 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 which is a sample from a television documentary about the Vietnam War, and Gareth Gates as well. If you remember him, no, that's bullying because you're calling him out for having a stutter, aren't you? No, that's bullying. <laughs> that is bullying. He lost his virginity to Jordan, Katie Price. Didn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. 
He's not the only one saying that, is he? <laughs> like a wizard save. Have I got any more? Yeah. There was one more I'd written down by a band I'd never heard of. Really called struck a chord with you. Poison, <laughs> uh, poison Idea, Taxi Driver, where De Niro shoots Harvey Cartel. He says, suck on this. You'd have thought that would have been in the top 10. Yeah, sample. you yeah. would have, wouldn't you? But I'm it's done. Not. Number 11. Uh, I've got, I really like this tune. It's uh, We Are The Music Makers, Aphex Twin. What's it, the movie? It says We Are The Music Makers and We Are The Dreamers of the Dream. It's Gene oh. Wilder says it. Gene in, Wilder. Charlie yeah. and the Chocolate Char- Factory. Well, Willy Wonka. Yes. Yeah. And that, that album is fucking brilliant. It's, uh, selected Ambient Works 1985 yeah. to 92. Yes. It's brilliant. so good. Yeah. So good. I was yeah. thinking there's loads of films like from the 80s. Do you remember where the music videos were directly correlated to the film? So I saw one the other day, Romancing the Stone and just, Jewel of the it's Nile. It's like a trailer. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. basically a trailer or it's a live performance of Billy Ocean and <laughs> Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito when the girl <laughs> gets tough. <laughs> it's, or, uh, the, it's just like, can you imagine them doing it now? All the films, actors don't do that anymore. No. I haven't seen a music video for so long, to be honest with you. No. I periodically watch them on YouTube yeah. if I hear that yeah. there's a particularly good one out. I watched one the other day because someone in a WhatsApp group sent me it. It's called WAP. Yes, I've seen that. It's Horrific. absolute filth. Yeah, it's, it's just shit. Yeah, but it's funny. What, poo? No, it's no. just it's Rest Cardi B and uh, someone else rapping and it's I absolute don't know what that is. X-rated filth. Yeah. I sent it to you and what, also add it onto our playlist. It's one of the lo- one of the most streamed videos. Yeah. Uh, Where is it? Boobies and vaginas. It's, it's more what they say is just absolutely filth. Like what though? Give me uh, a sample. Just, just whap stuff. If he eats if he eats ass, he's a bottom feeder. Stuff like this goes on and on like that. Phrase is amazing. <laughs> it's like a it's like about, it's, a, it's a grid of about ten women basically rotating their backsides to the camera and saying filth. We should All recreate right. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in for that. Yeah. That's uh, the kind of content people come here for. I've got one more, uh, which is Go by Moby. Oh yeah, which samples Twin Peaks. Yeah. Just the synth line. Yeah, uh, the tune's kind of a little bit dated, but. Uh, it's good purely oh, because it's it has a classic, though, purely yeah. because it has Twin Peaks in it. Maybe right. he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, he is a bit yeah, nuts. And he I don't said mind that having principles out... and being, you know, into good but he's just quite righteous and fucking annoying about yeah. it. Hasn't yeah. he done something it, quite I creepy he... with Natalie Portman? Yeah, there was, See, where he said he was well. her rapist. Boyfriend. <laughs> I think he's a vegan as well, maybe. Sorry, Dan. But Yeah, he, yeah that's not fine. make him a rapist. The two aren't if any vegans want to like tweet in. The two aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah, there was there was some bad press going around about him and uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, but you know, well, because he was in his mid thirties and she was like sixteen and bald. Were, uh, she was bald. <laughs> yeah, she shaved her head for her V for Vendetta. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she looked really hot when she was bald. Oh, yeah. I did. I, so I have got one more actually that I forgot to mention, and um, it's one of your favourite artists, Rick. No, it's not going to be, is it? It's Robbie Williams' Millennium. Which samples the, uh, the John Barry arrangement from You Only Live Twice. Yeah. Wow, what a massive <laughs> amount of mediocrity. <laughs> that is a huge amount of mediocrity in you one know, You love that song, I know it, because it's Robbie Williams and James Bond, two of your favourite things in the world. Mm. I used to rem- do you remember, probably we were being Killed. 17, 18, Dan, you'd have probably been about 30. Everybody used to be singing, they'd get drunk and sing that bloody Robbie Williams Angel no, I never did that. What the no, fuck? No, I didn't. You didn't. You probably what, You weren't drunk did. when you sang it. No, I just never sang it because... You were was... in your tux, on your own, in the I front room singing I definitely did similar it. to a Spice Girls song, but not <laughs> well, Robbie Well, but that was cool. Yeah. 
loads of, I think the song that we tragically used to sing was Pulp Let's All Meet Up in the Year 2000 when everyone was absolutely trashed at school well that's alright because you thought you'd okay. still like all those people all those years later yeah. and in reality yeah. couldn't give a fuck about yeah. them yeah. please listen <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are we going to go for then? I think we're at the cheating in? time. Warren G. Are you going to regulate? Not, regulate not Prodigy. Uh, yeah, I, well, I think Riggs's choice of was more detailed. Your album by was it DJ Shadow? Uncle. Was, uncle, sorry. I don't think I'm putting it in, though. All right, what but, are you going for? Well, I'm thrown for a loop. You've gone for Warren G. I don't know. You're going to go for Kate Bush, I would think. I you see. I want both these albums in. The two I'm picking between are "Jilted Generation" by um, <laughs> Howie. What's Howie? What's the name of the? <laughs> All I can remember is there's a guy called Liam and Keith. But I'm I'm pushing for the "Jilted Generation," the Prodigy, or Wu Tang Clan into the Thirty Six Chambers because I love those albums. I'm going to go with the "Jilted Generation." Well, the whole album. Yeah. All right. The whole goddamn album. I feel like that's a bit of a cop out, personally. No. Well, I, I've got a, a similar problem. I don't know whether it's the White Stripes with the Union Forever, which samples Citizen Kane, Pogo, which I just found today and I thought he was brilliant. And that's a YouTube thing. So maybe it doesn't. I really... feel like you're pimping someone else's work on. Yeah, you know, maybe. This is, this is I feel option. like White Stripes and Citizen Kane is strong. Yeah, it is, is strong. The only other one was Ride just as a personal choice mm. because it was it's uh, your personal choice, a, a song that. But I will go for. Ride. Ride, okay. I'm torn between Hounds of Love. Yeah. It's Hounds of Love, isn't it? Kate Bruce. <laughs> there you go. So that gives us regulate a whole fucking album because Simon's so <laughs> fucking pathetic he it's can't Riggs. pick one song. Riggs. Uh Ride and Kate Bush. I think that's a really good eclectic mix. And we will also, because people just can't get enough of our content, create a playlist. Would you ride Kate Bush? Yeah. Even now. Yeah. She's amazing. Okay. Sorry, Kay. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with it. (laughs) Right. Let's talk about film. Dan, it was your task to nominate this week. What have we gone for? We went for Locke with Tom Hardy and no one else. 2013. Yeah. Hour and 25 minutes. And after I nominated, actually, I thought, geez, I've done it again, haven't I? I put out another film with only one person in because all, all is lost, lost yeah. with yeah, yeah. Robert Redford. Mm. I'd, I'd done that yeah. as well. So this is a film with just That's your one thing. actor. So and you- there's not much action. It sets along in a car and Tom Hardy plays a ordinary man who's looking... To finish work, go home, watch the football with his kids. Big game on. The missus has got a, a meal cooked. He's got a huge job in the morning making concrete go all over the floor. And <laughs> it's the biggest concrete pour. That is exactly pour. how it, concrete pour is described. Yeah. It's the Massive yeah. concrete biggest concrete pour in Europe outside of military or a nuclear yeah. facility. So, so it's a big yeah. concrete going yeah. all over the floor. That's what I said. Um, now, He's, he's, he's laying gets, a foundation. He, he gets quite obsessive about it. He's he's in charge and he takes a call. I don't think he'd point. appreciate your lackadaisical. Probably not. Probably not. not. Ste- Stephen Knight, the director, wrote this in two and a half weeks and he probably didn't want me to describe it like that. <laughs> um, but basically, this guy takes a, a drive 
where he has everything and he ends up with nothing at the end of it. And I thought it was fantastic. What did you think? Are we straight into that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess we're, we're, we're kind of thrown in. Uh, he's in his car. So yeah. that's that's the movie. The set, we're, we're there. We're in the car with him. And he, the very first thing is someone beeps at him, doesn't he? And he looks around. He's a bit fucking... It's a sliding doors moment, isn't it? Left or right. He's in Yeah. Him. And he's like, fuck it. And he, yeah, he turns off. And then he phones, is it Gethin? Yes. Which is Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott. Yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah. I think you, was... you really feel the panic in his voice, isn't he? Yeah. And he says, right, that poor tomorrow, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. It's now up to you. And I guess he's a lot more junior, inexperienced, and has been thrown into this record-breaking concrete pour, and he's fucking shitting himself. But we don't know what it is that has got Tom Hardy to just fucking ditch this. Yeah. It, I think part of the reason we're struggling to talk about this is basically this is car conversations, the movie, isn't it? There's a total of 48 or something, 36 phone calls in the movie, uh, 13 outgoing calls, 21 incoming calls, one ignored call and one which went to voicemail. And that is the film and we're probably not selling it to you. It's quite a stellar um, cast doing the voices of the people he calls as well. Yeah. Is that to be considered? And... Olivia oh, Coleman and yeah. um, Tom, Tom Ruth Wilson. Tom Holland, Tom Holland is one of his sons. Yeah, yeah. Olivia None of Coleman, these guys you see. Oscar winner. There's a there's a real sense throughout the film until obviously the end of. I kept thinking that there was a foreboding sense of he's going to stack the car. Yeah, that's it's what just, I said to the missus. Said he's yeah, going to crash. He's going to crash. It's going to be a. And yeah. then that'll be it'll be because it's so short. I thought perhaps yeah. there's going to be an abrupt ending. I really thought it was going to go that way. Yeah. Spoiler alert! It didn't. Yeah, uh, uh, it was. It was. The, the the way that it was focused on him really upped the stress that he was feeling from mm. work, from the distraction, which would go into, which has ruined his life because of a, an ill-conceived uh, after-party event, and the stresses of maintaining his family through various delaying tactics and then a admittance of what he'd done to his wife. Mm. And I thought the... You felt, it was really weird. I don't know whether the fact that I watched it and it was quite warm in the lounge where I was watching it, but he had a cold, which when I looked up the film. He actually did yeah, have yeah, yeah. a cold. So he looks kind of a bit ill, looks hot, he looks sweaty. The confines of the car, quite hot, stilted, stuffy, you know, that sort of thing. And that, again, upped the intensity of the stress levels. Uh, and, and as you said, the entirety of this is just based on him the camera focused on him, the camera focused on the navigation screen or the camera focused on the navigation screen when it shows the telephony of someone calling. So you've got a very... Someone was just called Bastard. Yeah, the Bastard, yeah. which was the sort of... <laughs> head honcho boss. guy. Yeah, yeah, the head honcho guy. It, it, it does. It connects with universal themes though, doesn't it? I think that's why this film worked for me because you can sympathise, empathise with the situation. Okay, this is fairly unique. This guy's world is crumbling before him. Each phone call seems to, and each mile he, he goes on the clock seems to be taking him further and further of where he started in the in the day. He's got to break it to his son that yeah. he's not going to be home for the football game. As you say, he's got to break it to the missus at some point that seven months ago because he's a premature yeah that's that's um, why it's that's why it's all come to yeah. a head today he thought yeah. he had another couple of months to yeah. play this out plan it make the uh the appropriate times but 
it's all coming. Practical steps so going forward. There's complications. Saying, yeah, there's complications. He plays it in that Welsh accent, doesn't yeah. he? Yes. Which Go I thought then. started off to... a bit dodge. We're going to do this. Yeah, I wasn't sold with no, the Welsh accent. I think you got into it a bit more because the power and the situation that he was in uh, and the acting, it kind of, you forgave him for the slightly I off-kilter accent. I thought the accent was actually okay. I just didn't understand why. He would be. He had Welsh. to have a Welsh accent. Yeah. Like there was no reason. Well, for Tom so the reason the reason uh, he was Welsh is because he was researching for another movie, John Tom Hardy and John Hardy, and uh, <laughs> not uh, the Hardy, Hardy Boys. boys. <laughs> yeah, Hardy Boys. Exactly. I haven't got it here in my notes, but I read about it today. So he met a um, uh, a guy who guided him through, I think, Iraq or Af- or Afghanistan, who was like the coolest guy in the world under pressure. And, and totally Ivan Locke is this character. And he based the character on this guy that he met in real life who was Welsh. So okay, he's very calm, isn't he? Yeah. He's unbelievably things, calm. So unbelievably if we could sort of get back to what starts to happen is once he starts making this decision, first of all, he has to explain to Gethin that he won't be there. And so then he gets a phone call from the boss. So the first thing that sort of starts to happen is he's going to lose his job. And the guy does eventually come on the phone and say, you're sacked. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to have to fire you over the phone, but you've given me a choice. And he just says, that's okay. I know, I know that I'll still do it. You know, I'll still make sure it gets done. And the guy's like, no, fuck off. I've got someone else. Just leave it. And he can't give it up. He's no, very no, huge possessive. professional pride over this. Or obs- mm, I'd say like obsessed with this floor. building, even though he's had to make this call. And it all boils down to the fact that, like we've alluded to, he's had an affair. It's he's, not even really an affair. He's had a one-night stand. Yeah. He's cheated on his wife. The the other lady is now pregnant, gone into premature labour, and he's had to make this call. And it all boils down to the fact that he didn't want to be like his father, yeah. who had walked out. And he has these... These mad conversations. conversations into yeah. the rearview mirror. Because mm. I think his dad's dead. Yes. And he's just basically saying, I'm not going to be like you. I'm not fucking leaving someone like that. I'm going to um, put this right. You can't really make that, it right. That's yeah. what's kind of driving him, though, isn't it? He's going to take responsibility. He's just going to be yeah. responsible for what he's done. And there's huge cost to that. Yes. So he had this really painful conversation with his wife. Oh, God, And yeah. it was, I guess, very real in, in the way that she reacted and she's just sitting there being sick. And, you know, it was pretty... Intense. I think. It was really because he, he yes. says to his son a couple of times, "You're going to keep it together. You've got to be strong." You know, and, she's um, she's going mad. Don't, you know, saying, "I can't talk to you. Don't come out." You know, and he's just I've saying, "We need sister. to take practical yeah. steps." I just want to let the next practical step, and she's just fucking going mad. You know, I will do what needs to be done. Well, he he has this recurring thing, doesn't he? That if he's relaxed and rational about everything, he can make everything right. So when the people at work keep flipping out he just tells him well this is the decision i've made he just yeah. says it over and over and i'm not going to do the accent because it'll just end up sounding like the rock when <laughs> he's talking to his panicked one-time mistress who's in labor she wants affection but he'll only talk about fulfilling his responsibilities she says in, in, in that sort of moment where she's really freaking out because there's complications and she starts saying i love you and she's not going to say it back and he just says no yeah i, I can't you know it's just very yeah sort of deadpan about it well absolutely doesn't want to lead her down the wrong avenue yeah because that's he's trying now to be completely straight with everything yes and he's i think the code word for him in his mind is honor so rather than placate her with oh yeah i love you 
he realizes that that just sends him off on another tangent to where he shouldn't be. And as someone who's pretty fucking stupid when it comes to feelings and emotions sometimes, I think to myself, I was watching him thinking, yeah, he's doing dead right thing, dead right thing. And what I should have said is, I should have actually queried the people in the room. What do you think? What do you think of that? And I suppose you guys will think that too. But from whenever I saw or heard his emotions, I thought, yeah, he's being really practical about it. He's fucked up. I get that. But he's being really practical about it. And he's trying to realize that this is the, he's making the best of a terrible situation. But again, I suppose there's no good. There's no, yeah, you know. Well, you know, for, for a film that has no action outside the car, it was, quite tense yeah. and a, a real thriller for me this is one you of know. the most tense films i've watched in a long time yeah and 40 yeah. minutes away how, how yeah how we can how the filmmakers can produce that in such a tight space on on one actor uh, it fascinates me to to go the whole way through and dialogue heavy films i do enjoy when they're you've got that kind of to and, and fro between characters and throwing in all these different problems on this man on this day, and he's keeping it together, I think shows a different kind of bravery that you would get in an action film where he's running through a building and everything. Mm. He he is fighting to stay calm because he knows that is the only way I will get anywhere near a positive yeah. solution out of this for, for everybody and be able to move forward and take those I think next steps. You're right about it being, obviously with it dialogue heavy, but because it was, he's isolated in the car. You've got nothing that's uh, distracting you, so you've got no like action sequence of buildings collapsing or I don't know, like a, a, a road crash or so. So they avoided all the easy stuff like that because I was thinking, oh, perhaps he's going to get pulled over by the police. And for you're right. I think bike, it is. Reading his guide. I think it is easy stuff sometimes. I think what he's done here to to write this down to to piece this together, the writer. I think it's fantastic because yeah. you've got to keep people's attention just with your words. Mm. There's, there's no. Oh, it's a brilliant screenplay. Yeah, it's, it, the dialogue is it, so it, good. I watched the one of the interviews, and he said basically it's like a play. Yeah. In a car, mm. you know, and that's how he yeah. wrote it. And I, I thought, yeah. I think the whole film uh, it is a brilliant screenplay. The whole film probably hinges on what I think of as one of the best acting performances I've ever seen from. The Tom BMW. Hardy. Oh, yeah, the BMW, BMW is BMW very X5, good. BMW X5, you're fine. Tom Hardy is absolutely amazing in this movie. There's a scene towards the end of the movie where he's talking to his son. He's already told his wife what he's doing and his son is aware that there is some problem and he's trying to cover up that problem and Tom Hardy is kind of, he's acting somebody who's upset, trying not to be upset. It's so complicated and just watching his face and it's no scenery chewing. He's not going over the top. It's not hammy. It's just real and raw and it's incredible. And when you said you were going to pick this last week, I was thrilled because I remember this coming out. This was 2013. This was when my first was born. I remember this coming out and thinking, well, I'm never going to get the chance to sit and watch something like this with the right level of concentration because it yeah. needs absolute focus. Uh, over the whole movie and it it, it was just but it's only short an hour and a half yeah, it's a little yeah, gem yeah. you know that that was a good thing because i'm probably the lone voice there but i didn't i didn't get a lot out of this stuff, so. serious yeah found it really boring i got i started playing my phone i just didn't it didn't grip me it was just some guy talking about concrete and for me it was pretty <laughs> clear where it was going to go like it was not you know it was going to lose everything like, that, that, to you me thought seemed, it was going to crash you said 
Well, I thought, you know, his wife was going to leave him. So as soon as they had that conversation, he was fucked. Probably not going to stay with this bird that he's knocked up. The only no, thing was, you know I thought difference. it was going to crash. And I, and a part of me thought, is he actually, is it men, is he gone mental? Like he's talking to someone who's not there. Is it actually real? But I just found it a bit dull. You didn't, to be you didn't take anything from the difference between C5 and C6 concrete. No. And <laughs> to be honest, when he, he talked about a delivery of 355 metric tons of concrete, uh, and he says there's 218 lorries, but those lorries carry 18 oh, here we go. <laughs> tons of concrete each, so they would have only needed 20 lorries. So what the fuck's he talking about? Well, you, you were questioning Ivan Locke's I am questioning knowledge Ivan Locke. on you concrete. Know I, would, I would employ Ivan Locke like that. What a multitasker. Yeah. They'll just, just drop a project like that. Well, but he's never done this before. This no, this is out of character. Ten years, and he's ten, ten years now. service. I have to say, I appreciated the the concept and the way it was done was was good. The execution of it was good. I just didn't find the story particularly compelling. Did you did, laugh out really... loud when he sent his uh, mate that he's was sort of prepping to get ready? Sent him off down to the roadwork site to yeah. surge the Romanian, yeah. and he was pissed on cider. Yeah, you fucking not pissed now, are you, boy? It's like, oh my well, god. All, all those kind of conversations yeah. that led on. To I did quite enjoy the conversation with the hospital when they said, oh, we need the father to be here. And you are the partner. He said, well, I am the, the father. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, I'm, uh, not, I'm not with her. Do you know I mean? Other the, than that. Yeah, for the bit. purposes of the court, I am the yeah. father. <laughs> I found it gripping because it was tense. I didn't know what was going to happen. And then when you realise that it's basically thematically more important obviously the concrete laying foundations you know there's no wonder he's so obsessed by that having been abandoned uh, by his father as an infant well you just, just think about the the enormity of getting it wrong hmm. you know a job like that i mean that's that's the pressure and i think that's why he's really clever because it's something so ordinary concreting but when you're doing it for a huge building and you're doing it for a, a huge service then him being able to tap into that, and when I say him, I mean Stephen Knight, the the, the writer. Yeah, he wrote Cronenberg's Eastern Promises, yeah. and he's also the writer and director of Peaky Blinders. I don't know if anybody watches that, but that's a good British series. Dirty Pretty Things he did as well. I've not seen it. Which is another a good one. But, but he's, as I say, two and a half weeks he wrote this in. The obsession with concrete, the central character has, is a weird one, because concrete is seen as a real art form in the profession. There are people who are professors of concrete. Uh, got, all those pricks we've got trade think that. All well, the chippies think they're the best and the bricklayers. They're, fuck those pricks. Yeah, look, look, <laughs> I've, I've got 200 lorries short him. Look. <laughs> my, my wife's uncle's sister. Flatmate's like dog. She's a professor in uh, the US, very highly uh, rated, who is a professor of concrete. And it's really bizarre. It's all to do with the consistency because of these superstructures need certain chemical compounds, which is the C4, C5, C6 gubbins and all that. And the meticulousness, OCD nature comes across with Ivan's character, like all mm. the, the figures he reels off. And that's the complexity and the control that he likes. And this is like, as you said, uh, Riggs, he wants to control it through calmness, but then because it is so... We well, shouldn't go- have taken the office file with him then, should Well, he? that's that the up. thing. The escalation of it, all his problems mounting, that's when he starts to fucking lose it and talk to his imaginary dad in the back. But then he snaps out of it and he's back in the, he's back on the call for the next person that needs his help. One of the things that I was reading just about it was, you know when it said cool waiting? Yeah, it's a low fuel, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. a low fuel light. So they just dubbed it over the top and the director kept 
the fact that it interrupted Tom Hardy's performance. They kept it in because it seemed quite natural. Well, he would swear quite a lot of the time. The, the BMW yeah, I think would the tape shout, was ruined. Yeah, yeah, he'd go, oh, shit! And then they'd cut and, <laughs> and he, make it there. He would also tell the other the voice actors to say different things down the phone, which would keep Tom Hardy on his toes. And, yeah. You know. Well, yeah, he knew what calls were coming, but not when. Yeah. So he oh, had an hell. answer. He knew the script, but that was all the kind of clever director's stuff behind did they, it. Did they shoot it like... Six nights. Six nights. I'll just say they did a couple of takes of everything and then yeah. mashed it all together. Which I just think, I was listening to Tom Hardy talk about it actually and how he described it. Just a small crew of people. It was a really quick shoot. It was all going to be done bish bash bosh. And having that kind of project was what encouraged and appealed to actors of, of those standards. You know, so you've got as we said before, you know, Andrew Scott, who I think is absolutely fantastic. Olivia Coleman, Tom Holland. Ruth, Ruth just, Wilson. Yeah. They, Ruth I Wilson. found it a nice irony because she plays a character who leaves her husband in this because he had an affair. And that is fairly ironic considering she is the protagonist in the, the series, The Affair, yeah. where she causes men to right. leave their wives. Yeah, I really like this. It was an intimate character study, brilliant acting. It was about a moment in time and in life for this person. And, you know, a lot of stuff I watch has got fucking robots and lasers <laughs> and like superheroes and shit. And I do also like this stuff. And this was really... Well, I thought it was storytelling of a really high order, universal themes connecting ordinary people to ordinary situations and everything coming together at one which the world was collapsing in on him a little bit like the the michael douglas falling down feel about it in the fact that well he was possible you know any you know he could have cracked he could have snapped he could have gone a, a different way but here he is ivan lot trying to keep it all together and yeah i liked it so the Locke name I thought was probably a reference to the philosopher John Locke, as particularly after I read that Ivan is the Slavic version of the name John. And so Locke is famously... If I'm lost. Well, they <laughs> use the same character name. Yeah. yeah, so his contribution to philosophy was about the concept of the social contract. Uh, and he argued that basically we gain rights in return for accepting the obligation to respect and defend the right of others which I think is probably a part of what's going on here that Ivan Locke is upholding the social contract he has with everybody in his life by being true to them, being real to, with them, um, not neglecting his infant in the way that he was. Also, this guy took more phone calls in one night in an hour and a half than I probably do in a year. <laughs> yeah. 35, 36 in That's 90 minutes. Yeah. phone calls. <laughs> He never once said goodbye when he hung the phone up, mm. which is something that they do in movies all the time, isn't it? They just never, all right, see you later. But it's if, if anybody did that to you in real life, you'd be like, you fucking moody bastard. Yeah. Why? Just hang up Call him back and say, so, sorry, should we get cut off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go through a tunnel. Uh, yeah. So metrics, uh, seven and a bit on IMDb, 91% Rotten Tomatoes, 81% Metacricket, and... 84% on Google so pretty well received it's just me that uh, it didn't really connect with I think 
bit surprised. Were you? It just didn't grab you at all. You in the right mood, or? Yeah, I was in the right mood. Yeah, just you just didn't. It just, with yeah, it's it just one of those things. Budget for it was two million. Yeah, winner yeah. or loser? Minor winner. Minor winner. Probably. I would say with the the people involved, it had to be a winner. It wasn't um, a massive yeah. release, though. That's that's not a big budget, two million. No. You know that is that is very small. And I think one of the things that we've learned is that when small budgets like that, they they tend to give filmmakers free licenses. There, you know, if you bring a hundred million, then the studios want to be all over it and everything. If you're gonna, but two million quid still a lot of money, isn't it? You wonder where it all goes, but. Yeah, budget of two million, it made five mil. So yeah, that's okay. good. News, Double your it? money, yeah, yeah, and more. It was a cricket starling as well, I think. Was yeah, it? Uh, when I was looking around online, it was yeah, it was really really well reviewed, and I think yeah, yeah I appreciated the the technical side of it. The story wasn't didn't really grab me. So, Riggs, were you not entertained? Yeah, loved it, loved it. Dad, no, not for me. No, yeah, I liked it. Harry, yep, not yeah, it was so so for me. Glad I've seen it, I suppose. So, you chose this week's kids thing. Dan, <laughs> what did you choose? <laughs> Shall I give it that same classy intro? It's Dougie, Series 2, Episode 31. Isn't it called Hey Dougie? It's Hey Dougie, <laughs> Series 2, Episode 31, and the Stick Badge. Yeah. yeah. So and we probably need to do a little shout out for Pete because when it came on our WhatsApp group, Peter Andre immediately said you have to do the stick badge. Yeah, yeah he he very enthusiastic nomination. And so it? we did do that one. On I, I think there's a lot of winners in Dougie, and and this was no different. It's the animation. It's simple, fun. It's just comes in in just under ten minutes, which is seven, a nice seven minutes. Seven yeah. Glorious. Seven I minutes. always clock the time. Yeah, yeah. me too. One, one minute twenty of intro. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and this involved Dougie and his little friends. The Squirrel Club. Coll- the Squirrel Club collecting sticks to get their stick badge. They're sort of like the Scouts, aren't they? Yeah. 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 No, Cubs. 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 Or Breavers. We breavers? Got- Bre- the Breavers. Have you been in the Breavers? Dougie. The Breeders. That's even worse. Have you got your Jimmy Savile badge? No, um... So, in this one, the squirrels, who are a mixture of animals, Betty the octopus, Happy the crocodile, Roly the hippo, Tag the rhino, and Norrie, who is a mouse, they go on adventures to earn new squirrel club badges. The stick badge, I think, begins relatively normally, I guess. I I really liked it, yeah. So, um, Dougie sets them the challenge to go and find sticks for the campfire, and they they all run off to go and get wood for the fire. And Howie? come back with various. <laughs> no, nothing about getting wood or fucking no. pervert you are. <laughs> and they come back with what chairs and pencils yeah. and doors and banjos and whatever else it is that's made of wood. And Dougie puts them right and says, "No, that's not the kind of things that goes into a." Well, fire. he doesn't, well, he doesn't because he's the only. He's a non-speaker. He doesn't say anything. Well, if you don't speak Dougie, then yeah. that's not my fault. Alexander Armstrong has to do his talking. Oh. It's very good. And so they they go off to collect the correct kind of sticks with a little bit of guidance from, from Dougie. And I just thought, basically, this is teaching young kids how to help make a campfire, how to identify the, the right kind of sticks to go into a fire. 
and encourage them to go out and play, you know, out in nature and things, which I thought was really cool because kids would want to, I think, go and see all those different bits of wood and sticks and if to give you in a forest or well, my youngest wherever we go we collect sticks i took her out Love on monday sticks, and i've kids. got like a whole rucksack full of sticks yeah. that she picked up and don't you tell her that bullshit we've got enough fucking sticks at home now i'd say that shit yeah. all the time we've got enough fucking but stones don't don't we don't need any more shells well that's the time to really beat it out of her no not there comes a limit though I know yeah. what you mean there definitely comes a limit if you want to take any more you're carrying the shit yourself every time I go to the beach like collecting pebbles no no that's <laughs> to stay in nature we've got enough of this fucking thing it's illegal it's illegal to yeah. take stones off the beach I'll just get her thrown in jail then yeah okay. <laughs> oh, but she's so gutted if she doesn't get to collect her sticks and then I, if one breaks a little heart yeah I would cut it. it down to two Fuck sticks you know. a day yeah yeah, yeah. But then, uh, this is about the halfway point into this episode where they're collecting three and a sticks. half minutes in. Is it? <laughs> yeah, for seven minutes. <laughs> Things take a turn for the strange when Roly the hippo finds a stick with eyes, which I thought was again just Brilliant. really fun. The animation makes it fun. Yeah. It's it's the so simple. Amazing. The colors, yeah. It contrast. sort of it'll it'll just flash all of a sudden to just one character on the screen. Yeah to get a reaction from them and it's quite the animation could almost look quite crude where it's just like oh, blocks of colour yeah. but it's quite cleverly done as well yeah it, it, it looks simple but it's actually quite clever well it, it catches shares, features and yeah. things of the animals yeah. it shares a sort of style with that pig that we'll talk about one day not in the sense of the colours because as you point out it's got its own palette completely but the, the designs of the animals are similar to the pigs it was brilliant when the the stick insect is is i think he's part of the sticky sticky stick song that i'm sure you all want to sing in a minute but when the owl opens the door he just plays dead yeah yeah so yeah they get straight up and parties again so dougie with the help from the narrator alexander armstrong explains it's not a stick that he found it's a stick insect and this is when the show explodes it goes into ultra high definition gabba Hmm. yeah 200 beats a minute you get this thumping techno beat and these crazy visuals rave inspired lunacy and we get the song it's it's like monty python covering two unlimited that's what i thought (laughs) with the shaman with the shaman yeah and it was are we going to sing the song? Stick, 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 they were laughing their heads off because they knew it's just so stupid that they can just shout stick, 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 and they kept going and. Fortunately, if you really want this on YouTube, there is an extended version of Stick Sticks. Amazing. So you can live the well, dream. Well, the five-minute loop on YouTube has six and a half million views. And the song it's itself... Six and is... a half million views for yeah. Sticky Sticks. So will they get revenue It's been that? played on Radio 6 Music and on Newsnight. Sean Keebney used to play this quite frequently on yeah. the breakfast show on 6 Music. Wow. There's been 14 different versions of the Stick song at least. Um, they, I, I shared one with the group last night, which they, they'd redone it for the World Cup. Yeah. Changed it to kick. Kick, 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 kick. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's a banging tune. 
at the end... Well, it's full-on rave. It's, it's like full-on rave. Dougie white had white gloves, gloves on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, white gloves on. I think I saw Dougie banging a few E's. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> you know, he was crouched by the bass bin chewing his jaw off. Yeah. Great. I like how there aren't any really whiny voices or adult actors pretending to be kids or anything like that. Yeah. It's just geared towards small kids. Two to it's five. It's about sim- small-scale families' relationships, that sort of stuff. It's this so very simple. It's great. The, it's the BBC doing what it does best for children. Yeah. It does. But it does It does cater also to adults because it does. it does have, throughout the series, lots of references to other things that kids wouldn't pick up on. Not in a kind of you know Toy Story Wait, way. Isn't there an Apocalypse Now reference? In yeah, the there's there's things that they talk about the cure, Bjork, Orbital. In one of them, Dougie dresses up as Steve Zizou. They redo Brilliant. the Cagney and Lacey theme tune. There's Game Boys in there. One of them he dresses up like Humphrey Humphrey Bogart. Uh, it's, there's all sorts of stuff in there. So just little throwaway moments, just that you can sort of just pick up on. Yeah. Really cleverly done. There's elements of as well diversity as well. Yeah. So if you see at the end when the parents pick up the kids, it's not. Big monkey picks up little monkey. Big giraffe picks up little giraffe. It's not just that. It's like I think the elephant picks up. Well, Harry, Harry the crocodile has adopted. Yeah. he's adopted. He has yeah. elephant parents. So again, it's part of Steve. Like normalizes normalizing things. adoption, which yeah. is great. Or it's a lesson at accepting those who would be your enemy. Possibly yeah. elephants yeah. and crocodiles. Yeah, I think or he's just been kidnapped. Or he's been kidnapped. Yeah, yeah fritzled. Yeah, a friend. Um, <laughs> They do. They throw things in as well. It, it's not set. In, it's not a formulaic sort of episode structure every week. As they do throw things, and also they they adapt to current events. So when Boris Johnson called the general election, they did an election badge episode to teach kids about what democracy is and what you know what's going on in the world. So it does reflect really current good. events. Wow, so that's great. It's it's really good like that. Did anybody notice that in silhouette, Dougie looks like an uncircumcised penis? <laughs> did that how would did, you know that i'm gonna look at it again how would you know that well i'm jewish <laughs> yeah but how would you know it was uncircumcised then that's what he looked like an uncircumcised penis no nobody saw it i'll check again after it's a weird <laughs> we'll get a torch out <laughs> we'll Magnifying do finger glass. <laughs> that's the way to do no that's the wrong one so it is a weird concept there are lots of animals who can talk, but which makes them sort of people. Yeah, so why say. can't Dougie talk? Yeah, well, exactly. So lot. for a few hours a day, they send their children to be cared for by a dog. It's like the one of the only characters who can't talk. Well, they've got the chickens again that can't talk. And the squirrel. The squirrel's the, the little... One in the tree. That yeah, his he causes mayhem whenever he appears. Uh, I think it's odd. I, you know, good childcare is quite hard there's to an, find. There's an episode but... where it goes to live action. So, oh, really? So we can see what kind of dog Dougie actually is. No. I, I need to see this. Ah. Right. It's chocolate need... lab. Beautiful. Like, what was that bit at the end when the parents have come sorry. to <laughs> <laughs> collect <laughs> their children? <laughs> And <laughs> Dougie's wiping it off his face. No, no, nothing like that. We peanut this butter. On Pornhub. <laughs> and they're, they're talking. Oh, we made a new friend. He's really thin, and he dances and jumps. And they're oh, over, they're looking yeah. at Dougie, going, "Who? Who? Because I haven't seen Stick Insect yet." <laughs> yeah, he's nearly incinerated Stick Insect, though, hasn't he? As well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. They they think that Stick Insects uh, might have found his way onto the fire, but. Sure enough, he he bounces up and gives us another rendition of Sticky Sticky Stick Stick. Did you pick up the 
emphasis from the song that maybe skews towards a pyramid representation of hierarchical society oppression because you said lots of little, little stick, stick, thick, medium stick, stick, yeah. thick, stick, stick, see? Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah okay. see? That's what I was thinking. Or... I it was, seems so obvious now you pointed it and out. And I'd just like to also say, that badge is the shittest badge. I get making a fire. I get riding a bike, looking at sticks. That Stick is the badge ba- is great. I yeah, don't know. I would, I'd yeah, argue against you, that imagine strongly. Imagine like you're paying, what, 15 quid a bloody session for beavers, scouts, cubs, whatever the hell it is. And your your son daughter comes home with I've got a badge for recognizing sticks. What the fuck am I paying for it? Yeah, I'll be getting. I know, it. but there's 135 episodes. That's a lot of badges to, to put on with, one yeah. vest or whatever you put them on. Accountancy. Yes, that'd be a good badge to have. Uh, Mandarin. That'd be another good badge. You know, a stick badge. Though stick. I think that's Gambling. pretty strong. Gambling, yeah. Yeah. Online poker. <laughs> <laughs> So the concept, Sander Jones, who is the writer and animation director for this episode, his he said that his eldest boy, who's two, does this thing where he picks up a random object and he'll he'll make you as the adult pretend to make it talk, you know, and and then one day he picked up a stick and that was the genesis of the idea. I don't oh. believe there was a rave that followed, but do you think um, if we played that rave back and slowed it down? There'd be something backwards. Yeah, yeah. satanic like messages. Definitely from the kill cabal. Your wife, some... Kill your wife. Kill your wife. Kill your wife. Satanic yeah, that... thing going on. It's queuing on. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Vote mm. Trump. Pizza Gate. Pizza Gate. <laughs> <laughs> Epstein. Epstein. Andrew. Andrew sweat. Sweat. Andrew. Andrew sweat. Sweat. I don't know. He doesn't sweat though, does he? No. How glorious it would be to be Prince Andrew right now in this heated. I'm sweating. Oh. Oh, fuck. So this is this is a fucking belter. I mentioned before age range two to five i watched this i think i stole away for like 10 minutes everyone was still in the house and my daughter actually came in i was like fuck off i'm watching something (laughs) (laughs) i didn't want anyone to spoil my viewing pleasure this is fucking great i loved it well we watched this all four of us together and my eldest was a bit too cool for school oh Oh, it's kids the babies thing whatever then the stick came on and she was by the end of it the pair of them, and this was just before bed, which is like racing around the bedroom, screaming the stick song as loud as they could. It's got universal appeal. It really does. It does. Well, I watched it alone, but I watch it with the kids because it's just the kind of thing that certainly my eight-year-old, and I bet even my teen son would enjoy that particular episode anyway, just because it's got that banging stick song. Yeah. Teen sounds quite non-specific. How old is he? 14. Oh, see. Yeah. I think you're going to be dad bugger off possibly but I think, I think, but it's just time, at seven minutes it's just there's something funny about Dougie that yeah. I think just oh, it is. connects you know even with it obviously targeted at that age but there's there's something so silly about it and it's the stick it's the stick the stick is the greatest and the animation though time, it buddy. just is so friendly yeah it's good right Riggs were you not entertained I was entertained Dan seven minutes of Pure joy. Howie. Yeah, and I want to see the live action one now. You've got me uh, thinking. Uh, yeah, absolutely love this. Fucking great. Stick, 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 My choice this time, and I'm going to go for the first one on Amazon Prime. The film for us to watch is The Vast of Night, which looks like it's a bit of a sci-fi thriller. And for the... Kids' Choice, 
going to Netflix, and we're going to revisit a classic that's been revamped by a Japanese studio for Netflix, and it's Transformers War for Cybertron. Yeah. So we have a lot of fond memories of the early 80s Transformers, and I want to see if, A, it captures the magic. Transformers what? It's War for Cybertron. Okay. Are are we doing a particular episode? Just do the first episode. Okay. Because I haven't seen it. This is the thing. I know my son's watched it. I've caught a glimpse of it. It looked quite cool. But I want to see if it captures the magic of what we... Bar weep, Grant, I weep, Ninny Bomb. Yeah, exactly. Sounds good. Sounds interesting. I want to see if my son is as captivated or if too much electronic devices has wiped it. that they've just brought out a toy transformer of the DeLorean from Back to the Future. It's called Gigawatt. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty rad. So let's wrap that up for tonight. So we've got a new trailer out, expertly edited by Mr. Dan over there. You can find that on Twitter or just wherever. It's fucking great. If you're enjoying the show, subscribe to it. What the fuck are you doing? And also leave us a review. One stars through to five. Oh, they're all good. We're going to sign out now because it's really hot. Uh, Sidey out. Reed's out. Dan's gone. How is out. <laughs>